Mays' exit interview is with Dale Hofert. Um, Dale's one of the guys that was around when I uh, started with the company. Uh, he's got an interesting story of uh, Iowa roots, uh, going to the Army, and then uh, coming back and joining the company uh, for 38 years. Dale just retired this spring, and he's still uh, pitching in a day a week to help uh, coach a team and help a team get a project to completion. Um, but his story is really one of uh, hard work and grit and determination and uh, investing in people. I think you'll like it. Dale Hofer. Dale, uh, tell us about um, your early years growing up. Where'd you grow up? Yeah, so I grew up in Marshalltown, obviously, and I, I, I still live there now, but I grew up there. I had uh, I went to school in uh, all, all three uh, grade school, middle school, and high school. Graduated from Marshalltown High School in 1974. I had uh, a couple of brothers that are younger than me and then uh, three sisters, so there was six of us kids, and then uh, my so mother... Where are you in the birth order then? Are you the oldest? So I have two older sisters, and so I'm kind of in the middle. Two okay. older sisters. I got uh, one younger sister and a two younger brothers. And we're all still alive and kicking, and my mother's still alive and kicking. So she lives in Marshtown, and we keep a pretty close eye on her too. So Wow. Where's, yeah. the, where's the furthest sibling away today? So right now, my youngest brother, Ed, used to work for Story. Some of, some of the ones that watch, some of the guys that watch this might remember hmm. Ed, Ed Hofert. Uh, he worked for Story for several years, but right now he works in, or he lives in Maine, and he's got his own construction business, just employing himself and a few people. So a lot of drywall and a lot of carpentry he does. So. Okay. Yep. Uh, how many family reunions then do you guys have every year, every other year? So usually about every five years and kind of odd that you'd ask that because we just had one the month of June. And so a lot of us got together over in uh, Montour, Iowa. And so I spent a lot of years growing up over in Montour because a lot of my aunts and uncles and cousins lived over there. So when I was growing up, probably between the ages of six and 15, I would spend a lot of my summers over there so sure. summers and weekends with my cousins and so it was kind of a pleasure to go back and just see the community and a lot of my cousins still live there that I grew up with over there so yeah. how about your folks then what what did they do when you were growing up like I said my mother pretty much raised us my father worked in uh, a company called Gray Iron Foundation over in Marshalltown and he passed away when I was about five years old so about 1960 so then my mother, you know, kind of took over and she had to support us all. And she had a couple of jobs at various restaurants in Marshalltown, both doing some cooking and some waitressing and stuff like that. Oh, we don't. So, yep. so she had a rough go of it for a little while with six, six kids, but we had a good childhood. I mean, we never really wanted for a whole lot. So. Yeah, so when you were growing up, uh, were you, did you play the tuba in the band? Were you in drama, orchestra, uh, nah, basketball, anything? Not much of that. I was into like camping and uh, fishing and things like that growing up. Did a lot of camping and uh, did uh, a lot of sports and little league and stuff like that. Like yep. I said, uh, mostly in Montour with my cousins and stuff like that around there. So a lot of river fishing and 
with some baseball leagues and stuff. So, Got it. Yep. Got it. All right. So you walk out of Marshalltown High with that diploma. The, the world is in front of you. What do you do with that? Join the Army. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I joined the Army, went right away to Fort Polk, Louisiana, and through my basic training, uh, moved to uh, Colorado Springs for my main tour of duty, and it's actually Fort Carson. And so I was in like a mortar platoon, so uh, we spent a lot of time downrange just blowing stuff up. They had a lot of tanks and jeeps down there that we'd blow up and downrange and just had a really good time doing that. So were you good at that? I was good at that, yeah. Okay. I uh, was promoted to corporal and squad leader, you know, so I had my own squad squad to do that. And uh, we were mechanized, so that means we were on a, a tank, a tank-mounted 81-millimeter mortar. So I really enjoyed shooting those big guns. And then after that, so I stayed out in Colorado Springs. I got uh, my first job out. I did like some landscaping and stuff like that. Just I didn't want to sit around, so I got a job right away doing some landscaping there. And uh, did that for about a year. And then, uh, let's see, after that, I got uh, went to work for a, a kind of a bar restaurant as a bartender and eventually became a manager there. Corner Pockets of America. I don't know if you've ever heard of those. A billiards hall. Yeah, well, we had a corner pocket yeah. here in town yes. for a while. I yeah. doubt it was affiliated. But. So I managed one of those in uh, uh, Security, Colorado, is where, which was a suburb of Colorado Springs. Hmm. So I did that for quite a few years, quite a few years, uh, probably maybe four years. And then during that, that employment, I met a good friend of mine, and uh, he recommended uh, construction, uh, th said he could get me into the Iron Workers Union down there. So that's what I ended up doing. I ended up uh, applying for that and got accepted. And so what year was that, that roughly? Would have, that would have been probably 1980. Okay. 79, 80 area. And okay. So then uh, went through my schooling there and got my journeyman card and then Seems like uh, the work that was, you know, like early '80s. They ran out of work there. There wasn't a whole lot of, yep. whole lot of construction there going on, and so I stayed out there for a little while. Went back to my fallback, you know, bartending and yep. stuff, and that just wasn't cutting it because by then I had a small family, a son, and so at that time uh, we packed up and moved back to Marshalltown here and started searching for a construction job. And found on restored construction. And yeah. isn't it amazing to think that in the Colorado, Denver, Colorado Springs yep. market that it ran out of work? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Compared to today's environment, yep. Yep. it's hard to fathom. And so while I was out there, I think you know Gilbert Johnson. I worked for G.E. Johnson. Yep. And I think you've met him before and have talked to him. Uh, I don't know that I talked to him, but I talked to one of their presidents uh, yep. 15 years ago, maybe. Yep, and so that's who I worked for in the construction industry out in Colorado okay. Springs. Yep. Okay. All right, so you, you come back, and uh, so how'd you find Story, or how did Story find you? So I found Story Construction. Like I said, I graduated from Marshtown High School there, and all of a sudden, Marshtown High School decided they were going to build a new auditorium there. Mm -hmm. And Rob Greenwood was the assistant superintendent, and Wayne Dobson was the superintendent. And once they started the footings, I went out there and applied for a job as an ironworker director. Was pretty much hired like on the spot, and 
So that's that's how my career started with Story. Did you tell them that you knew how to blow stuff up so they better hire you? I did not do that. Okay. No. All right. <laughs> we didn't even talk about that. So. Yeah, yeah, I bet. So that was 82, 83? That would have like been that? about 84. Yeah, okay. All right, so you worked on that job, and then... Um, so I worked on that job, and then I think I think after that project, Wayne laid me off uh, rather than, I, I don't know, I mean, we, we didn't, maybe we didn't do a lot of transferring then, but Wayne laid me off, and then uh, I kind of kept in touch with Rob Greenwood, and I think he called me and told me about this project over at uh, the one on the highway out here, Green Hills. Okay. That that was starting up. So I went over and visited with Donnie Paris over there and Rob and kind of got, got hired for that project. So, and then, so after that, I've been with Story pretty much ever since. I remember one of my first work experiences here at Story was doing the Residence on the Hill project up at University mm-hmm. of Northern Iowa. Yep. And uh, you led a significant uh, steel erection effort uh, yep. on that job. Yep. Probably a dozen guys, maybe, something oh, like that. Oh, at least that, yeah, yeah. There was a ton of welding on that job, if you remember right, welding all the, the, uh, all the bear, tube. bearing tubes yep. onto the walls, onto the uh, bearing walls yep. and, and stuff. And all the so. bar joists and deck. Yep. And, yep. 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 Pretty pretty interesting project. We got we started doing a lot of panelization on that job, if you remember right, putting assembling all the trusses, roof trusses together and yep. decking them on the ground and then flying them up with, tandem cranes, two yep. picks, and it was just a fun job. Yep. A lot of thought went into that. So so you started out uh, uh, doing work, then you started out leading crews, then then or then or then you went to leading crews, then you went to leading projects. So uh, do you recall some of those milestones along the way? I mean, I could think back and kind of think how that went, yeah. But I think when I really started running the projects, I guess, I mean, I can definitely remember transitioning from working on a crew to leading the crew and and I can remember those projects. I think as far as uh, the superintendent role, I was working in Atomwa there at the packing plant when we were doing a lot of work down there. And then, uh, of course, I don't know if you remember, they had that explosion on Super Bowl Sunday and uh, blew up a significant portion of their plant. Mm. And at that time, we just needed a lot of help down there, and I just tra- transitioned into a superintendent. We were doing so many projects there, we needed quite a few supervisors there. So, kind of transitioned into a superintendent role there, and then, uh, you know, after that, I went up to the Cedar Falls at the Performing Arts there, and I was uh, played a more significant superintendent role there. Yeah, so, when uh, I uh, came back to Story in the '99, I remember yeah. coming up to. <clears throat> see that job and see the work we had going on campus and yeah. of course as an iron worker you just uh heights are just not a thing for you and yeah. you had me up on the grating on top of the uh, oh, stage oh, in yeah. the fly oh, yeah. space and, and yeah you said don't look down as you saw my knees knocking and everything else. <laughs> I, I do remember that <laughs> yeah now. i bet you do that was a long ways up there it yeah. was yeah. old buddy old buddy yeah so you remember taking that stairwell all the way up there yeah. climbing all them stairs yeah. yeah yeah so what have been some of the uh uh in your in, as you look back on your career some of the projects that are most memorable most interesting just what are your memories of that yeah so you can imagine in 38 years i did a lot of projects for sure and 
they've all got their unique experiences. But I think some of my favorite ones were uh, were obviously the performing arts, and uh, that was just a fun project, given the size of it and just the, all the unique aspects of it. Yep. So that one would have been a fun one, and then Green Hills was really fun, uh, just mostly because of the crew that I worked with there, like Rob Greenwood was the carpenter foreman, Rob and Craig Elliott and yep. Kenny Lent and myself, and we just had a lot of lot of guys there that knew how to had, have fun. Uh, Larry Matthews was our crane operator, it goes back to like Howard Williams was with us, so... Rod Peters, Rod Peterson and Ron and we just had a really good crew over there. So that was one of the funnest projects I've ever experienced with Story. So yeah, Rob would remember that project, I'm sure. And it was a kind of a long, you know, long term project. So we really got to know each other right. on those project on that project. So yeah. So you've given a real history lesson in the in the company of stories. So who are some of the people that have made investments in you or people that you looked up to and helped you to shape your uh, your career? Mm -hmm. So again, I would say, you know, being with this company for so long and working with so many individuals, you really get to learn a lot from a lot of different people. And you may not realize you're learning things at that time, but looking back, you know, you just think of all the people that you did learn things from and it, it just, it's, uh, I guess as far as shaping me into a superintendent, I guess I really uh, tried to model myself after like Donnie Paris and, you know, tried to be a fair guy with the, with the men and uh, also Jim Sauters. So those were the two that I spent a lot of time working with out in the field. Seemed like once I got on their crews, I never really worked with too many other superintendents. Or, you know, and uh, so I guess those were the guys that I learned a, a lot from as far as what I wanted to, how, how I wanted to model myself as a superintendent. Right, right. Yeah. On the flip side of the equation, you've been doing this long enough where you've invested in a lot of young people. Yes, yes. Just, you don't need to name names, Brian Weber, but yeah. you can you can just <laughs> sort of talk about what it feels like and and how you go about the process of investing in young people. When you're on a pro on a CM project, especially, I know you you don't have a huge a very big crew there. You have usually a couple of guys, so that really gives you the opportunity to invest in those two or three guys that you have on your project. And like you mentioned to Brian Weber's name and Josh Hoover, and there's been some others that you really get, I mean, from the start of every day, you get to work with those guys throughout the day and explain to them why you're doing certain things on a daily basis. And you really get to know each other and they get to know you personally. So yep. uh, that's, you know, and, and there's been others uh, on the, like the GC delivery projects, like, you know, when I was actually working out in the field, like, Larry Cool, I'm sure you remember him, I and do. some of the others, some of the others, uh, Dan Rethmeyer, and uh, who I had trained to become iron workers. And but like I said, as a CM, you get to focus more on a daily basis on those guys, and they get to see you, how you conduct yourself in meetings and in communicating with the other contractors, uh, the other owners, and design teams. So again, you've seen a lot of game film. Who are some of the designers 
uh, and owners that come to mind, like, boy, that was really terrific, or boy, I really enjoyed that, the, the relational side of things, really. Yeah. So you're probably aware of the, the, the owners and the design teams that I didn't like working with, especially yeah. one of the more recent ones. Yep, so we you won't were, talk about them. But. You, were, you were unbashful. <laughs> yeah, I got yeah, it. Yeah, so, but I've really enjoyed the Bondurant School District. I have really enjoyed working with the owners and the design team down there, SVPA. I enjoyed Baxter as well with the district reps down there. I mean, they were just great people to work with. Part of the team, so the, definitely those two projects. I really enjoyed working with them, FEH and SBPA, the design teams on those. Yep, so. you've been here uh, through our transition to our lean methodology, our construction production 2.0 mm-hmm. system, and that really is a, a platform for you to impart a lot of help people see what you see, and then you can see what they see. How have you seen that shape? maybe the development of just, it doesn't matter whether it's owners, design team members, subcontractors, our people, what sort of, how have you seen that shape um, the process? When we first, I think the first time I used that system was probably Valley View. And that was kind of a challenging project anyway, but uh, I don't think at that time, that was the very first, pro- that, that was the first project that you rolled it out on, that it was rolled out on me so I never got to, I don't think the district or the owners or the design team got to experience that much, but some of the contractors did, a lot of the contractors did, you know, they questioned it, whether it was going to work and stuff like that. But since then, Mike, you know, I've worked a lot with those same contractors and the majority of them really like the system. They think it's got it's, uh, a lot of good points. Uh, I've had some of the district reps sit in on the meetings i've invited them in and they've enjoyed it they, they see the value in it because they see see the crews and they're communicating together and yeah you can go out into the field and you know there's a couple of crews communicating together but when you bring them bring them all in together and everybody has input on what's going to be going on on a daily basis that's really made a big difference yep yep <coughs> so tell uh tell us about um your plans for retirement, uh, how, how are you spending your days now between the pedicures and the haircuts? Yeah. What else do you, yeah. what else can you fit in? You've noticed. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never thought you would have noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. So I never made a lot of big plans toward retirement. I just thought I was just going to take it as it comes, you know? So, uh, since I've retired, like I told you when I came in here, I've been busier than I probably was when I was working full time. But I had some some projects that my wife already had lined out for me. And so I've been working on those and I've really been spending a lot of time with my grandchildren, going to their ball games and taking, taking them to the stock car races. I'm fortunate enough to live over in Marshtown right by the stock car track. So we can walk over there on Friday nights and go to the races. And my granddaughters really enjoy that. So I've been doing some of that. And then working part-time, go down and help Josh and Brian out on the project as well. But uh, like I said, today I was down in Southern Iowa, one of my granddaughter's ball games down there. So I've been spending a lot of time doing that. So how, so, m- how many grandkids? 
I have a total of 13 grandkids between my wife and I. They're not all local, but a lot of them are local. So we get to spend about half of them live around the area. So That brings up a memory for me at your uh, retirement party. Yep. Uh, you introduced your whole family, yep, in, family. in front of uh, yep. 150 people. Yep. And that was courageous. Yep. So my mom... Uh, my mom is one of 13 children. There are three sets of twins. My mom is one of them. I know I have cousins that uh, that I have met maybe once or twice in my life. So if I needed to do a roll call like that, that yeah. was scary, but you yep. pulled it off. Yep, and those are my nieces and nephews and brothers and sisters. So those are kind of immediate family. So I have I come from a huge family, like you said, so... So as you, uh, as you imagine, uh, young people today coming up, trying to figure out uh, what, sh what should I do? I walk out of Marshalltown High with my diploma, uh, whether it's in construction or not, but uh, what sort of, what advice, what wisdom would you give somebody? Hey, think about these things. Yeah, I mean, I just think when you're going out to enter into the career field, you know, you are, are, are into the job industry, you just got to go in with a with a positive attitude that whatever it is you're going to do, you're going to work hard at it and and you're going to do your very best, you know, and then you're going to stick with it long enough to see if you like it or not. And if you don't like it, I certainly wouldn't spend my whole life doing that. I would find something that you're, that you're interested in, that you like, you like to go to work every day. And uh, that might mean switching jobs a few times, but definitely find something that you really like doing because you're going to spend a lot of time doing that. Amen. So. Amen. So I haven't asked about your family. I have, I have three sons. One who recently passed, as you're aware of, and yep. then my middle son. He lives in Omaha, Nebraska, and he's got his wife and two two kids. And he's a he is a project manager for Looter Construction over really? in Omaha. Yep. And then, then my oldest son, Dylan, he uh, retired from the Air Force year and a half ago and relocated back here to Swan, Iowa. So I get to spend, Where is Swan? Uh, south and east of Runnels. Okay. Yep. So that's whose daughter I went to her Got game it. today and sat and watched her game with him and his wife. So and then they both went back to work. And, yeah. Yep. So how, uh, how often do you get to Omaha? Uh, a couple of times a year. Yep. So is your son at the College World Series right now? Uh, he, I think he was, yeah, but I don't know if he is right now. Hmm. Yeah, that's there's been some pretty epic baseball yeah. the last few yeah. days. Yeah, huh. and then my wife has two sons and a daughter also that, that we're pretty close with also. So uh, her her oldest son he is he works for Capon and Brown in Marshalltown as an HVAC tech. Okay. And then her youngest son, Tyler, he, he's he got an interesting job. Uh, like like we were talking before, he'd do something that you really like. So he, he's, he did a lot of, lot of projects or a lot of, lot of jobs and never really, never really cared for them, you know. He ultimately ended up moving up to the Wisconsin area and he got a job building uh, stills vats and mm -hmm. stuff like that vessels i guess you call them yep. and so now that his aunt owns a business up there and so now that's what he does he travels all over the united states assembling 
uh, stills and so a lot uh, in West Virginia and for yeah, Moonshiners. Well, uh, He's probably mainline to that show. That's where it's for, though. I think building for us for liquor and stuff. Yeah, yeah, liquor and wine and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, and he's been doing that for now about three years, four years, and he's really happy doing that. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. how long has your son been a leader? Uh, probably about I think he's going on two to three years now. Okay. He worked for a masonry outfit prior to that over in Omaha, but I can't think of their name right now. But hmm. as an estimator, because I've met their uh, president. Oh, uh, his name is escaping me. At uh, one of the YPO construction industry roundtables, mm-hmm. but have they been in Omaha a long time? Uh yeah, they've been in Omaha a long time. Yep. yep. And then she is a, his wife is a. Uh, She's the uh, senior accountant for Drake Williams Steel. Mm. So she's got her real good job. She's been there a long, long time. She's yeah. a part owner and stuff. So cool. And she gets to do a lot of traveling too. They've got uh, like uh, offices in Denver and I think California someplace. So she gets to go there and do their audits and stuff like that and takes the family and. They have a lot of vacation time. I see they're in Hawaii a lot, and Florida a lot. They're all over the place all the time. All the time. They're always posting about their vacation. Stuff, so. You heard the very unassuming Dale. He's, uh, he talks a lot about uh, details and things and projects that uh, he's really in the middle of. But when he talks about himself and his career and things like that, uh, there's not a lot of words to express from him the impact that he has on the people that he works with and the owners that he serves. Uh, it's really a pleasure to have had the chance to work with Dale and uh, we look forward to hearing more and more from him and his retirement. Uh, one of the good ones, Dale Holford. <laughs>